0: What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's podcast, I'd love for you to check out my band at Run With It. Well, it's it's Run With It. You can follow us at Run With It Band, at Run With It Band, Anywhere you follow people at TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, all those places. Don't forget to check out our EP that we just dropped. It's called How to Start a Fire. It's on all of the streaming platforms. Make sure you check it out there. You can go to runwithaband.net, runwithaband.net to check that out as well. And for today's podcast, we have social entrepreneur TJ Roberts. TJ is an entrepreneur with a for-profit business who uses coffee as a conduit for good in the inner city of Kansas City, Kansas. His upbringing and experiences in life have given him many takeaways from growing up with a deformity and being the only black kid in an all-white community and household. His harsh reality check card was dealt with the the day he was born, but his talents and his self-belief never held him back from becoming a drummer, a D1 football player, and now a business owner. Taste the kindness from his own hands or just listen and let your taste buds dream. TJ creates a community with coffee, so make sure you check out his coffee shop if you're in the Kansas City area, Kinship Cafe. Now this is TJ's second time on the podcast. He was originally in episode 22. In that episode, he had a dream to start a community-based coffee shop. And in today's episode, he's actually filming and sitting in the lobby of, of his very own coffee shop called Kinship Cafe. He shares a story that catapulted him into this new business endeavor. We talk business, the power of representation, and success through personal development. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The
1: Live and Create Podcast.
2: That's how things are going. Things are going good, man. Um, honestly, what the last time I talked, we were talking about doing something like this and now it's happening. So it's right. pretty kind of crazy to put this in full kind of swing. <laughs> it's
0: wild. Yeah. it's You were episode 22 and this a little over a year ago. And then now you're episode 80 and it, we're coming back and man damn things have changed for you you've you've gone through like a for both of us (laughs) yeah well yeah that is true me as well i didn't know i was going to have a band again and here we are running (laughs) and going and and i don't think you i know you had you had the coffee shop idea you know in your brain but it it seems like you got catapulted into it all of a sudden
2: yeah no that's probably the best way to put it catapult you know pushed shoved thrown um allegedly yeah whatever (laughs) you want to put over that um yeah i don't know how much you
0: want to share or can even share of that story as well
2: yeah i mean you know like what we talked a year ago and these were a lot a lot of these things were kind of dreams and goals visions kind of things that i saw myself wanting to do and wanting to be able to become and then it kind of got pushed uh Ahead of time, really, um, where where uh, the, an opportunity presented itself for me to be able to like. discuss you know lease options and different things at a location and open up a coffee shop here in downtown Kansas Kansas. Um, those conversations were going very well as lo- as well as my insurance business, where I had hired out two new people. And, you know, we were starting to, I mean, train and get everything rolling as far as roles and just those types of things. And finally solidified the lease and signed the lease. And three days later, lost my job. Oh, man. And so that, that to me was, you know, a, it came out of nowhere. I obviously had to lay off people um which was a difficult process as you can imagine getting people to hire at this time during during 2021 like it's hard to hire people and you find people that are perfect fits and they leave their jobs to come work with you and for you and then like three weeks in you're telling them this you know so it's kind of it was a big and i know your
0: heart for people it, it always shines through like i can always tell you care deeply about the people you're working alongside or that's working for you. Oh, so man. I I'm sure that's compounded uh, a compounded thing for you.
2: Oh yeah, no, that it just not. I mean, not even just that, like it affects my landlords of that building and the, and the original agreement and contract we had, it affects my relationship with my girlfriend and really it, it really affected a lot of stuff. And, you know, like, came out of nowhere. So like it was really uh it was bittersweet. Like it was bitter to to the way it happened and the and the way of which like the company went about doing this as they like had known ahead of time what they were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um knowing knowing the people and the expenses and the work that I put in to put a new team together after losing my team last year, one one member to uh to breast cancer a month after COVID started. And the other was like, literally just, they could not, their business was not gonna be sustainable through the the drought. And so, you know, going through those things and then experiencing, you know, this situation uh, was kind of like bitter because I had done, I feel like I had done everything in my power to do and go above and beyond for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then I felt like this was definitely the short end of the stick, right? You know, um, and so but, but he it got
0: catapulted. Me. I and that's one thing I didn't realize you'd already had the lease signed. But yeah. again, you it sounds like oh. for you, you're trying to take each step in the the wisest way possible, right? You you yeah. have your your one business that's going to help you fund the the startup of the other, and now you found yourself what, was about a year ago, right? You found yourself the thing that was supposed to take time had to, had to come to fruition at that moment. Right.
2: Literally, literally, because it was, it was one of those things where, you know, you, 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 you call your lawyer, you do all your due diligence about the situation that happened to you and you, and you know, you're not stupid. So, you know, there's definitely some legalities there where they crossed. um, And you could definitely go down that path. And like I could, and, carry the documentation into a court of law and try to sue them for every single penny they had. Right. Right. Like I could, I could spend a lot of energy in that time. And I spent like, so, I mean, man, Miguel, like it happened on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think I processed things and, and like finally started really telling people like Mm. what happened, you know, just because like, I wanted to be quick, uh, like be very thoughtful with my words when I started telling people,
0: that was wise um, i i've gotten in a situation before where uh i was like i we were on tour and some some things are happening That I, I don't want to go into the long story of it but essentially i was super pissed off i want to make a big video and uh the video I, i've come into the room and our videographer was with us on the road and i was like we're making a video and we're putting it out on social media right now and he just looks at me and goes yeah that's fine but i'm not doing it now you need to go figure out and sit down for a minute, write it down and kind of think it through because I just don't think it's going to be productive at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that process. So you took two days uh, to kind of internalize it, um, of being pushed out of essentially pushed out of your business. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's that exactly what it felt years. like. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And so like that process was just like, okay, like I know with this experience, I know with my experience and the things that I do know about, like how to run a business and what this is going to become. And like I knew kinship was was going to catapult, you know, like I, I, I call, call it confidence or cockiness or just like. But I had the faith and I'll just say it like that, because I, I knowing like if I if I went into every single detail from what happened then to what's happened now. It, right. It's been faith that's gotten me there. It had nothing to do with, like, myself. And so, Well, like, there's part one thing that,
0: that – uh, well, just on that, yeah. there's there's something I've been thinking a lot about is that confidence comes from consistent action. It's what I just yeah. keep reminding myself. And I when I watch – and I've, I've known you for years, you know, for all the listeners. Like, we've known each other for years and years. I've watched you. You've always had this consistent progression to where if something falls into your hands, you're going to build it, and you're going to do your best, and it's going to grow. You know? And so, yeah. I think – I would, I would definitely call it confidence, not, uh, cockiness or arrogance. (laughs) I think you have a a reasonable, a reasonable, uh, uh, like thought in, in that, like, Hey, we're going to grow this too.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, we're, we're a walk to run, you know, mentality operation over here. So don't get me, don't get, don't like hype me up too much, but I think the thing, (laughs) I think the thing, like. I think the thing that I just want to say is, like, I knew kinship, like, I knew this community, I knew this business model, I knew, uh, th- from your, what you're saying with the experience of making coffee, I knew how to do those things very, like, I knew very well, I, I was dangerous, like, I could be dangerous with this. And so, um, it was just going to be a means of, like, holding much sh- together, right, and then being able to, like... <laughs> walk to run, you know, not try to run and then end up having to walk. So, you know, there has been a lot of like things I've tried to run in that I had to like, Oh, go back and walk (laughs) and then and back and vice versa. But, but I've, you know, I learned more and more, but I think in the aspect of just what was happening, I did not want to experience a win for kinship, a win with, you know, having our first thousand dollar day of sales or having like, our first employee or all of these cool things that we were going to have with this new thing kinship and then deal with like lawsuit or issue with farm bureau and what all that crap was going to bring and have to be dragged through so it was like do i want to have these these variant these extremely wide variances of like joy and like honestly like regret like maybe at some point in this process with farm bureau as I go down that road, I'm sure there's a point where I'll be like, man, I regret everything that I got from these people. And I'm not, I'm not in that position with them now. Like I, I can, I, I've moved on and I, and I can look back and be like, there's definitely some things I learned from not from what not to do. And then there's definitely things where I can say like, Oh yeah, like I can give some credit to some of this knowledge and this skill set that I have that I'm using over here now. And I can still, I don't have any resentment giving Credit to that person right now. Right. Well, and that's <laughs> that that's change. a cool place to
0: that's a cool place to be within that. And honestly, I in there I think that's such a powerful lesson. You know, it seems like some of the the most uh, productive people out there will often point to like sideways energy. Like there's things that they could pursue, but it's just not worth it. So things as simple as like uh, there's there's an investor I've been quoting a lot, but his name's Naval and he's been talking about where like, there's some things like even just taking something back to a store that's only like 20 bucks or like returning something to Amazon, he's like, it's just not worth my energy anymore. So I just rather give it to somebody Yeah. (laughs) uh, because of what he's earning. And, and then I, there was a producer I worked with where he could have taken someone to court for like 10,000 plus dollars. And, and I'm sure you're talking even more, but like for him, he was like, you know what, just for my own sanity my own heart in my mind and my focus, I wanted to be focused on the future, not the past. And he let it go. And honestly, it seems like the people who do do those kind of things end up way better uh, as time goes on. So that's, that's a huge lesson, man, no doubt, a very hard road to walk uh, from what you came through though.
2: Yeah. And the, and the, the road is still there. So it's still being walked. Um, But it's, but it's like, you know, I, I think one thing is that kind of back to that confidence thing, you know, I want to feel confident in the moves that I make and the mm-hmm. way that I feel about what I'm doing. And this is my way of kind of honestly creating that boundary for me to make sure that I can achieve that. You know, it's like, I don't want that in my life. All right, it's gone. Like, you know, and that's kind of like, when it comes to like, the the dire need of like, what this business needs, like, I, it's kind of sacred to me, because mm-hmm. of how of how it's happening. and And so it's yeah. just like, I, I take that to, I, you know, I even I'm fine tooth combing myself, you know, to make sure like, you know, I, I don't put myself in bad situations or that I don't, you know, I, my thing is relationships. So kinship is extending its relationships every day with people that come in new or coming back or or right. a new vendor that we work with. So for, so for me, the maintaining those types of relationships are incredibly important to me. And a lot of things can happen, right. I can get a, a drink mixed up or I can make a, a catering order wrong, or I, I might mess up, uh, you know, some cu- communication with one of our vendors, like those things can happen. And I think the mm-hmm. most important thing is like, I try to just maintain like authenticity and ownership in that moment. And then incredible like i'm gonna try to exceed those expectations the next time you come in or the next or or just like the next moment we have like i'm sorry and that next moment might literally be right there and be like all right shoot like today this guy (laughs) this today this guy grabbed like a donut and i had my back turned to him and we have donuts for display and he literally like i turn around and he's like eating a donut and i'm like where did you get that donut and he goes he points his display and I go, that's a week. I was like, that's a week old donut, you know? And like his, you know, his people are laughing at him and I'm like, you know what? Like I had already put the donut on the bar for him to grab. So I was like, just have two donuts. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to take.
0: You're like, please this, don't this. judge our donuts off that week old donut. That's just there for the display, bro.
2: He did say, he did say it was, he was like, honestly, this is really good. And I was just like, okay, well there you go, go
0: to kinship cafe. Even if it's a week old donut, it still tastes it's still, it still
2: That's tastes awesome. good. It still tastes fire. <laughs> but no, it was just it's you know, people those things happen and you can make light of it and you know, um, or or literally, you know, you can try to just make the best out of the moment. And so like That's for funny. me and and those experiences to from like making a drink to like having something extremely serious, like a lawsuit or something, like I I do try to make those experiences very authentic. And I do try to, you know, like in that process with the, with, with uh, Farm Bureau, you know, we we're still hung out on the lease, you know? And so Uh, part of been, you know, talking with the landlord and trying to, you know, you know, be very authentic in in this situation and and saying like, you know, I have no malice against what needs to be done here, but this is where I'm at. And this is what, where where I'm choosing to move forward and however you choose to go about this, that is completely up to you. But in my I'm I'm okay accepting full authority over a uh, 2025 leased space Tough. or 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 I'm what I'm gonna let you deal with things the way you feel like you like you you shouldn't I I shouldn't feel like I should be getting punished furthermore from the right. situation. But if you want to by legal action you can, but I, I'm, this is where I'm at, you know? And so just, mm-hmm. just being trying to like be authentic with people, which has been really hard, but I mean,
0: yeah, that sounds like some tough conversations to have.
2: Oh man. That, that Those yeah. Are not the ones I you mean, want to have.
0: They're yeah. And fun.
2: I mean, and, and I think the other thing is like, I've had to have them in weird spots when like I've been with my girlfriend too or something. So you're like, you know, you're, you're kind of admitting defeat in front of other people and near other people that like hear that, but know more to it. And so like, she knows how I wear that. And, and I think I Mm -hmm. appreciate, I appreciate her a lot for the way that she supports me when she's in those moments to, to, to like, are you okay? Is everything, you know, what can I do? So she, she's very supportive in that. And that's, that's probably another huge contribution to where we've gotten today is like with kinship, you know, she's, she's been very helpful and influential with um, helping out with shifts and stuff like that. And, and just this business, you know, with, with what we've done as far as like, we had a a women's business pop-up, we try to do very intentional things. So we had a kid biz pop-up where we had like six kid vendors come in with their own businesses and then for a weekend. And then we had a women's, business pop-up for women's history month. And, uh, obviously we had a black history month pop-up, which was just like insane. And so we, we just, we have like a really good time. And, and, I mean, um, you can kind of see some of the artwork. We have like an art, a really cool, like art installation that we just got. Uh, I just got, uh, installed, um, which is just focusing towards black artists, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is something like we're, we're very intentional about with who we represent here um, and that's the black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. Um, with Kansas City, Kansas being such an inner, like we are in the inner city of, of downtown KCK, um, that that representation is honestly just walking around us all the time, but not having like that access or that representation where they go to see things like in a coffee shop, um, mm-hmm. they see something that they their culture has value to, like that's something that they can kind of hang their hat on and have some pride towards um right. we 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 really pride on that and so we have a lot of that type of representation here um with art with retail um with even some of our drink and food options um and that's something like we we practice very uh uh thoroughly like i'm like you had said earlier like i'm a person that takes something and, and kind of builds upon and right. like anna my girlfriend hates it she's always i'm always like Maybe I could make this food a little bit better. It's just just stop. Like it's good. Like we've sold maybe a thousand of these now. Like you, just people like it the way it is. Um, like, I don't
0: know. It could be a little better. A little yeah, better.
2: it's 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 a tr- bad trait. But um, but you know, some of the things that we do is all organic, all non-GMO. Um, we have vegan options um and you know like i said we we collab with a lot of different representation uh across the board i would say all of our food vendors right now are female african americans nice. uh which is which is kind of an interesting trait and then a lot of our retail is i guess a mixture of artists too like we've got tea and barbecue sauces um obviously like butter butter uh buttercreams and scrubs and beard oils and know different things like that and it's all you know again like i try to curate like all natural products to come through cafe through our cafe and so you know these are all not natural products too that are made from people's hands um and they have you know incredible stories too so you know having this having this platform with kinship you know our hope is that we can we continue to develop those relationships but that we can help share those stories as well and so you know credit to the podcast and what you've created. Um, you know, we feel like that's an important aspect to this business and the representation and how we can really make it matter for people that maybe don't live in this community, but want to hear our story and hear other people's stories and how they got started. This is a way or kinship is a way for you to tap in and kind of see some of that stuff. Um, definitely. So, yeah,
0: for you, as far as the, uh, like organic and vegan, like where, where does that perspective come you like in your yeah
2: so a couple of things like i've always been pretty health conscious as far as what to eat and what not to eat and part of that is just from my my athletic background and like playing sports um and so like probably in college was i i really serious about what i ate (laughs) Sorry, no yawning. Um, Was I really serious? (laughs) Yeah, was what I really got serious about was when after college I started really getting into CrossFit and into the competitiveness of that, and so that was really me kind of gearing up towards no gluten, no dairy, and so I was rocking that for a long time. And probably, and I say this not not as a joke, but I would say like, hmm. Probably since fourteen or fifteen was I not knowingly, but kind of knowingly. Probably in college I knew, but knowingly I would not knowingly I was intermittent fasting. So I would basically intermittent fast from like fourteen years old because I would wake up super early and not give my time, not give myself enough time in the morning because uh, I was watching sports all the time. So,
0: <laughs> so as most so of my me, boys are practicing intermittent fasting too. They just wake up and and roll out and go to bed or go to school and yeah, no foods happening.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it just kind of created this probably terrible habit. Um, but so, you know, intermittent fasted all through those years. And then once I got into went, like I went through, like I did it, it was just kind of cool. I did. So I went for like six weeks. I got up to my heaviest weight, which was 241. That was the most I ever weighed. Um, after college, I was studying to get my series six and seven and I was not doing anything but eat, sleep and study and work. And I got to my heaviest in that period. And that was also like my probably most depressed moments, right. uh, after, after like college, um, uh, was cause I didn't pass those tests. So it was a complete waste of my Ouch. time. And it didn't really matter in a grand scheme of things, right? Now let me look at this, <laughs> but um, so it doesn't really matter. But I got up to two forty-one in six weeks' time. I got down to two eleven, and that all I did was different. I was still intermittent fasting, but I was eating crap when I did mm-hmm. want to eat. And then when I finally, uh, all I t- changed up was I still ate crap, but I but I worked out three but I worked out three days a week. So I worked out three days a week, ate like crap, lost almost 30 pounds-ish. Wow. Ish. And then got real serious the next six weeks and did no gluten, no dairy. Got down to one, got down to like 201. Nice. And, and, but I was like a lean, like I lost weight, but I was gaining muscle. And so there was like those things happening. And then I completely went no gluten, no dairy. And I did that, and I was training like a madman, and I got down to like one eighty eight, and I was like the strongest slash slightest I'd ever been in my like post college ever. And gotcha, yeah, like like that's I, what I was I gonna snatched. say, like
0: even when you were playing D one ball.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I mean, I was I weighed one eighty eight, and I snatched two forty five over my head twice, and I overhead nice. squatted two ninety five, and I and I and I felt really, you know, like post, I had a knee surgery after college. And so for me, I felt like I'd hit my peak past that surgery. And that was eight years later, you know, from surgery. So it just, um, I, that's probably the the nutritional journey that I've had. And then when I met my girlfriend and I kind of already been teetering on the vegan side, watching a few documentaries and kind of testing the the waters when i would eat gluten and when i would eat meat and different things and so i went on meatless mondays for a while where i did no meat on mondays and then i I went to one animal-based protein meal a day so whether that was my lunch or my dinner that was my animal protein option and then the other meal was all vegetarian or mostly salads and so I've kind of hovered, f- hovered around 190 to 195 since college. And that's probably like, I'm probably saying that's healthy, but it doesn't feel like a healthy 195. So it feels like a flabby <laughs> 195. If I'm honest. So, so I've got to build up my muscle density back up. So watch out for, for, so are, you,
0: are you fully vegan now or just kind of like percentage?
2: No. I I would say I'm probably more like 60 40. There's days okay. when I just I honestly don't even really feel like having meat, or it just doesn't come to my mind to have meat. Now that I've gone through so many different transitions and tried different like diet habits, now it's more like, well, I can do this because I've done it before. So let's just do this, you know. Right. Um, and and I think someone told me the other day, like, I'm a means of I'm I'm the kind of person that just get I get what I need, and that's <laughs> Like I just get what I need, you know, and and that's kind of like I'm kind of like three hours of sleep. It's what I need, you know. Uh, <laughs> that like that's just you know that's just kind of how it, it I rolled, and I think right. that probably is not a good thing. I mean, but it's long it's term. I far, think
0: that could so. probably tear you down. Not getting that extra sleep, that that, that can be rough. But oh, there's, yeah, there's when times was... when I'm
2: like there's times when I wake up and I go. I need extra sleep and I can feel it (laughs)
0: Yeah. now. I I get you on that, especially like when I, when we were on tour and we'll be getting back to that sooner than later, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be sleeping in. I try to sleep as much as possible because it's usually have late nights and there's just so much like drag. uh, But then when I'm home, typically I can do like four or five hours a night and I feel good where most people can't. Um, But then every once in a while I'll sleep for like 12. And just kind of like re almost like refuel my body up on sleep, and then during the week, I'm just so i feel like I get in a zone where I'm just so focused. It's like I'm like today I woke up at three thirty and like tried to keep going back to sleep, but my body wouldn't yes. and I'm like I think I was so, just so excited so what for the do you week think
2: that is <laughs> what do you I mean what do you think that it so like i i i I have a like my alarm clock like I set it every day. Right. every day i said it as like a habit but it never i never get to my alarm clock
0: you're waking never. up before it always
2: so so like why why do you think like you it, like i wake up and i just you know it right. could be and it and it doesn't really matter it's more of like your body I, my body got what i needed i wake up and i'm ready to go like is that Like, why do you think that is for like, when you have those days, why do you think that is as opposed to other days? And is it like a thing maybe you do at night that like gets you ready for that?
0: You know, that's a good question. I think some of it, and this is just speaking from my own personal anecdotal experience. I don't know what it is obviously for everyone else, but I, like for me, I know I'm going into this week. This week is insane for me but it's all great stuff. Like I'm super pumped about it. And one reason it's insane is because I know next week we're going to be going to the Dominican. And so I'm excited about that as well. And so it's like, I think uh, luckily today it was more just from a place of like, Oh yeah, I'm excited for this day. And I would also have to get all these things done before I leave the country. And I think that was what it was. Sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes I think I'm just so like overwhelmed that I know I need to get my ass up and get some things done. Um, but yeah, I, but it is weird because I overall, even if I only got four, four and a half hours of sleep, I tend to feel much better in just more of a better mental state uh, during the day than if I sleep in, in, in general, in So, but I, I think that's a personal thing. I know there's some people who operate really well and they sleep till like 10 and they like their, their lives end up going, they go to sleep at like two in the morning, you know, and it's like, they offset it. I have some friends who are like that, like successful business owners doing all sorts of things. And that's just, that's just how they live. Um, but it was funny because when I did the Ironman training, it was so intense. I could not get up early. Like I. I was, I had to sleep for a minimum of eight hours, if not more. And that was one of the first seasons in my life that I can remember that I was like that, but it literally like where was just, you were like,
2: I gotta, I gotta go to bed. I gotta wake up yeah. tomorrow and train. Cause it was, yeah. it was
0: probably 20 to 30 hours of, of exercising training a week. Um, on top of all the mental preparation and all the other things, I think that that season is about a two year period. A year and a half, two year period. That season just and
2: you're you're you I
0: mean.
2: yeah, because you're meal prepping. bro. and that's the thing. It's like and eating, eating, eating nonstop, eating nonstop <laughs> like, because honestly. the meal prep. But but it's because you're <laughs> you're replenishing, right? It's oh, all yeah. a replenished uh, program. But it's like you have so much appreciation. You have so much appreciation for athletes that can translate their skill set to business. Absolutely well i learned so much
0: i still reflect on that journey i'm glad i took that journey it that season's over for me at least for the time being maybe when i retire which i don't know if i ever will because I, I mean let's i'm a driven dude i, I like going but if i do uh, but i yeah i take so many lessons i'm constantly referencing it uh, to myself and to others of of things i learned along that journey it was powerful
2: yeah and i think i think those are the things like i dial in the same way and i think with me like with my with me in the way that i do business it is a hype like i get very hyped up i get very excited i had a meeting last week guy told me his vision his dream his like five year plan and i literally just blew it up for him and like <laughs> not not like not like in a bad way but just was right. like like he was telling me everything and i'm he gave me something to taste And I'm tasting it and I'm hearing him speak and I'm hearing his story and I'm like, this guy has everything within himself to do what he's talking about. But he kept telling me, he kept telling me, I just can't, I don't know. This isn't, I don't, I don't have, it's just like all of that. And there's, there are reservations, very valid reservations. Like I'm not, you know, very valid reservations until I expanded his mind and blew his dream into smithereens and said I, I literally said bro you can do that and he just looked at me and he's like and I'm like I'm like, I'm like no bro you can totally do this and I, and I told him all the reasons why and then I told him it starts with how good this tastes bro because it was amazing right um but 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 I I firmly believed with what he was talking about and the way that he was talking about doing it, with his passion and his experiences, because we had, this was like forty five minutes into the meeting, and I'm like, bro, you can do that. That's you have amazing. all of you have all of the means and all of the drive and all the passion. You don't need all the answers. You're asking questions that somebody else knows. Do you know that person? Yes, you do. You just need to ask them that question. And he's just like, I know that person, and I'm like, yes, you know the person to ask that question. And I was like, this vision, this dream, it's not just yours. When you ask that person that for that help and they ask mm-hmm. to be on the team, it's not your vision. It's, your, it's y'all's vision. It's y'all's dream. It's what you guys get. And because they know something you don't, you just, so like share these resources and like, let's go. And he That's just was awesome. like, let's go. And so like, <laughs> and so like we got that, we got done with the meeting and he was just like, bro, I'm a hella chill person. And my girl, I came home and my girl was like, what got into you, you know, because he gave him some of that energy. Yes. But, but (laughs) it's because, but it's because like, if you know, if you, if I see that someone has put the time, bro, and you know Mm -hmm. this too, like when you see someone, like you're saying, I've seen you from afar. When you see someone from afar and you've seen them put in the time and they talk about that time and they go into detail. It's like hearing someone talk about wood and they're like, I know, like you put it in their hand and they're like, it's 16 ounces. Like I know, or or you give it to them and they're like, <laughs> it's a six inch cut. You know, they know the wood, right. They feel right. it. They know it. They've worked it and been around it. So it's like when the person that's held all the wood says, I want to build a house. I don't know how to do it. I go, yes, you do. Dude, I you know how to it. build houses. You know how to build houses. Somebody's got to awesome. build a house, bro. And so it's just, it's just like, so yeah, I, I I I get hyped about that because most times in these conversations, Miguel, it's around people that are in those positions mm-hmm. because they're they've been around an environment that doesn't support their vision and doesn't support right. their dream, or they don't even see somebody else that looks like them, right, doing what they're talking mm-hmm. about doing. Which is, see, you know, a, that
0: highlights your, <clears throat> you know, with you having a black-owned you know coffee shop, bring in other black-owned businesses that idea of representation of shows why it could be so powerful. You know, I've, well, I've had different people folks were... on the, on the podcast who are either like Asian American or, you know, all different kinds of cultures or backgrounds or even body types and where they're, they've had all of them at one point had someone come to them and say, I've never seen someone that looked like me doing what you're doing. And you show me, I could, and all those stories are so powerful. And I, I say that too, cause you know, I think. I I have actually had people ask me, well, why does it matter that it's a black woman or why does it matter this or that? You know, it's like, well, it matters because and just kind of break down. But no, it's like from their their perspective, they just had no context because they they have that particular person I'm thinking of is represented. You know, he was a white guy and he's like Mm -hmm. he's had representation. Everywhere, and you, just because that is the majority of the culture uh, in America yeah. at this point, and then yeah. And I think in instance, it's like, like a, it opens some doors and eyes there.
2: Yeah, I think it's you're lifting the veil. You're lifting the veil of someone who's never who's never thought or even really needed to lift it themselves right. to see that. And I think and I think there's a lot like there's so good for you for lifting his veil. <laughs> hopefully, but, but but also yeah, but also but also it's like but it's all but also it's like a lot of that is happening. Like a lot of veil lifting is happening. And I think like what's most important about the people that are looking at that is like, why are they showing, why, why is that person being the veil lifter? You see what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's like the gatekeeper mentality, like, help me, let let me, let me try to go somewhere with this. So, so the gatekeeper mentality, like the gatekeeper mentality knows that they have information that mm-hmm. is like being withheld. And if it's given, they know your destination. Like they know where you can go with it. Right. right. And so when I think of someone as like the valve lifter, that is still lifting information to, and giving it to someone and saying, now, you know, this game and now this game, like it means something. So like, you know, now that this game is important like this is what i want you to go do with it and so Mm -hmm. like what i'm saying is like it's different from my perspective being the veil lifter kinship cafe being the veil lifter to a lot of white people who did not see this representation Mm -hmm. rather than like target or like like the news like 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 the Kansas city star saying, Oh, by the way, black people don't get represented, represented much. Like here's the veil we're lifting for you to see. And it's just like, no, like there's a reason why that person wants to be the veil. Like there's, there's a, there's a, there's an alter, like. Ulterior motive, if you will, of, of, of the person that's lifting the veil. Does that make sense? If
0: if I'm following you, I think maybe I'm following you. So yes, I'm I'm going to relate to So Kevin Hart, Uh, is kind of like a a hero of mine. I love learning about his life, but he was talking in one of his podcasts about this partnership he has with Citibank and they're going into um, like inner city schools and teaching people who are like impoverished areas about financial literacy. And it's like Citibank's been wanting to do it forever, but basically he told him, he's like, listen, if you go in there you know, Rick, who is this white dude who means well, Steve. but, or Steve, or, you know, whatever it is, who who means well, they're not going to listen to you. And he's like, and that's why that partnership started because like where Kevin Hart came up from, he could come in and like speak genuinely in those contexts. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Like that same kind of idea yeah. where in a sense, he's kind of that veil lifter for other people to show him like, no, you don't have to like someone from the same place you came from. Yeah, imagine, imagine,
2: imagine, yes, but imagine, so, so perfect example, okay, because imagine if that bank didn't have Kevin Hart doing it, right, okay, like, 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 do you you see the optics of how the veil would, if it's lifted by white people, and they're like, hey, we want to help black people, and it's like, that was their,
0: their discussion, you know, and it was kind of like, it was good on them to where I think they, someone in their company had enough sense to say, Hey, this is a thing we want to do, but
2: who who we should be doing, be doing it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think like that's the part that I think you nailed it. Like there's a lot of people that want to be in this space because it's there's it's it's a new space. Like if you're if we're referencing black owned, that's a new thing. That's been a new thing since two two thousand twenty. Realistically, mm-hmm. um, to say that you were black owned, or to say that you're you, you you're basically categorizing your business from others in a way and i right. think that got. i think it gets misconstrued um a lot of times because i think like i when i say we're black owned i don't reference it to my skin tone but i reference it more as like a traveled like a distance traveled and, and what, so and
0: in what way so I, so, so i do like, i so understand it,
2: that yeah so like so like i know for a fact that other white owned coffee shops did for me to be mentioned with them, they did not have to travel the as far as I've had to travel to get mentioned with them. I got you. so like for me to get even like mentioned with another coffee shop that mm-hmm. is been around for years, years, and everyone loves their drinks, love their stuff. Finally, like years later finally in 2021 or 22 tj roberts like kinship cafe they get hoisted and i'm saying cool like that took thousands of hours probably to get to this point point." Right. and a lot of that was done on my own and there was lots of we just got about the you know we just talked about the job thing so like m- when i look at other coffee shops i know for a fact there's an investor involved there was uh, that person is a like like a lot of coffee shops are not owned by someone who loves coffee it's owned by like a law firm or it's owned by like an insurance agent or I got you. just a savvy business guy and so you you wouldn't want to like have their coffee shirt cert- like if that person was stuck behind bar that's not the person i'd want to go drink uh, greater drink from you know. Um, <laughs> you want someone
0: that's passionate, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, or or that just knows what they're you know even what they're doing. And so like, and so like, I have been in the coffee space and seen that game been played for a long time. And so knowing like how how do you authenticate yourself amongst them? But then when you reference yourself as black owned and you're being referenced with them. That is to me saying, yeah, the distance I had to travel as a black owned business owner, where there is a lack of resources culturally, statistically, and honestly, just over here, Kansas City, Kansas, there's not a one. Mm-hmm. So, 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 like the distance that I had to travel to get to where you are and to have other people see me like you.
0: To boy, accept, that was a lot. Accept it as like, well, and it's, are you familiar with beers with Nigel? it's yeah. a podcast uh, do you know nigel
2: i don't know Nigel, but i've I'll, heard of i have to connect
0: you guys i i mentioned uh, you to him as well but he was on the podcast and uh, his his perspective is interesting too because he's a black man but he grew up in europe so like he said you know he moves to america and he never really experienced the same level of like racism or the history of slavery like all the compounding issues we have in america and so he said it's been an interesting thing for him to see see almost like navigate both worlds where you know but that was one thing that opened up in our conversation was he was talking about a black brewery a black owned brewery that's opening up in 18th and vine in fact it might be open by now i can't
2: Vine street Vine street brewery yeah you know it yeah you know those guys they're great people yeah uh, awesome Kame and yeah they're great peeps
0: right on we'll have to go grab some beers there sometime and but uh but he he was talking about that and i even told him i was like what i know of brewery culture is you don't see a lot of black people there like in general you know and he's kind of laughing he's like yeah that's just it's just the culture of it and so that's why it's starting to shift and when you start when you start seeing those breweries like a black owned brewery pop up i think it begins to open people's eyes and what he was saying he's like it's been fun because he can see people's eyes like people who are white kind of like see like oh yeah i guess we haven't seen a lot of black people around here (laughs) and and they can open up to that but then also he said even in the black culture itself that going to a brewery it it was not like a thing you do you know and then showing that being important to open up in 18th and vine because now it's like you can introduce this whole new thing to a lot of people in the black culture as well i I'm curious because I think of coffee shops almost in a similar way. I think of coffee shops mm-hmm. as a, as a bit more white culture, uh, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Um are you do you see some of that as well? Like where even oh yeah, even when like I, black I culture mean, is like opening up like, ooh, it's a coffee shop. I guess we'll go hang out here.
2: Yeah. So I mean, a couple of things that I even and it's just from today, but like to to go to go back towards is like um when i first started working in coffee and it was at a, a coffee establishment called the roastery here in Kansas City, mm. um very very well-known establishment probably been around officially since like the 80s mid-80s sorry sorry. all right there's a fire um it's not this place <laughs> um, so so um cool that's the last one, i think um so um roastery was my first job getting into coffee and even in that aspect where i was working at which was a very ritzy area in the metro um there were people. that brookside no it's actually it's actually woodside um oh yeah and and so fairway area and um and the plaza and and there were people that would literally be like so are you making my drink you know, like really? when I first when I first got a, got a job there, wow. yeah, there was there were some apprehensions about even just seeing me behind, you know, they, I, for sure, with a lot of those people and just knowing the manager, I was the first African-American male that they had ever hired on behind that bar. So right. for a lot of people who were regulars, I'm sure that was abnormal.
0: They're like, um, do you know how to use an espresso machine? Was that kind of yeah, the vibe? Yeah, I mean, or
2: there, what? Was, there was, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and I mean, but not just like, I didn't just feel it on the customer side. Like I felt it amongst my team members too when I first got on, but it was, but it was a different, different, it was, it was a different vibe and it was a vibe. It was that vibe, but it was from the context of, well, you're, you're like a insurance agent slash like former jock. So like, what do you know about coffee?
0: <laughs> kind I of thing,
2: You know? So you're getting judged for
0: multiple levels of, of your identity.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it is just definitely like, you're not in the right place kind of thing, you know? And so there was like a lot of kind of like navigating through a little bit of that at first. And a part of it was like, I just drowned it out by just like, I really wanted to just be good and just to prove a lot of people wrong. So for me, it was just like, Oh, let me practice. Let me, let me, let let me prove them wrong. Let me make these, let me know these recipes and make these drinks. And then it, that, that like that part of me after I knew it was, Oh, let me make something new. Let me make. And so now I have a whole last menu that is mine. And I already made prior to us being even open here at Kinship because like that was what it was already like how I was already operating. So like when people have drinks, you like, man, where'd you get this from? And I'll be like, ah, 2007, you know, 18, like is when I got this drink. But it's like one of those licks you play, like, and someone goes, wow, that was a great lick. And you're like, yeah, I wrote this. Scene. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, I wrote that like two years ago. That's mine. Yeah. That's mine.
2: <laughs> um, so, so there was like that aspect, um, at first when I got to to the roastery, and, and it was like kind of the complex to the company, if I'm being honest. Um, And I think it was just a a abnormal thing. Like there's obviously like some interesting waters. This is twenty nineteen. So there's some interesting things happening. And then twenty twenty, right? Everything just went apeshit. And so literally like, you know, now now we're in the thick of it. And and Mm -hmm. the only and 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 my my development and relationships with all of my team members blossomed. To where, you know, in in two months I had the keys and I was locking up and I was working my own shift and I was making everybody's drinks and I was doing all this and that. And then I eventually started going to other cafes that Roastery had and helping out with what they had there. And there was even like managers (laughs) that knew I ran a business. So they're like okay, you run a business. My manager doesn't know anything. Like my subordinate supervisor does not know how to talk to my staff. So like, how do I get my staff to do this? And I'd be like, oh, well, maybe you should approach it this way. Or like, I'd give them ideas or run through like marketing solvency issues from like, just like, Hey, this isn't selling very much. Why do you think that? Oh my gosh, it's on the bottom shelf. Like,
0: you know, You're like, like guys come on like like
2: but it's like you know these are these are these are high school these are i mean mostly college age people and so they didn't go to business class and they don't like that's the thing i realized is like that's that's you learn that in business class oddly enough it's not common sense to like do these things and so i i figured like oh man there's there's some huge voids that isn't happening and as a as a person in the company i was like that middle guy where it's like hey we got this new menu dropping out like let's make sure we go through it managers did you go through your stuff and so it eventually became this situation where i was kind of like taking every care of everyone's hospitality like type stuff (laughs) and then was also like helping out on shifts and bars as like because everyone was short staffed right and so and so then like I started negotiating my rent here and I want, I want to make this a point because I feel like I did this right. And I, and I, I want to give myself a pat on the back for this one because it set me up for, it set me up for a lot of good stuff for, from up till now and, and forever more. But I, when I was at the grocery, like the roastery had some, some rocky bumps with COVID and so did messenger and messenger was, was a larger conglomerate of like, Filling Station, Black Dog, and Messenger were all like one company with Ibis originally.
0: Interesting, I didn't um, know they were all wrapped together.
2: It, uh, it was just a big family, and the the, the husband and wife they just gave kids different different businesses, you okay. know, and so they all operated as their own, but they all kind of were going the same family. Um, and so, what happened in 2020 was the roastery, and all of those companies mentioned all became one family. Um, and that family became Fairwave. And so what, what hap- that happened like right after COVID opened. And so in the middle of 2020 in July, we had this town hall meeting and I show up back to work and they're like making this huge announcement about this merger and Fairwave coming in and this and that and yada, yada, yada. This guy comes up and he's like, okay, and here's your new boss, CEO, and his name's Dan. And Dan comes walking down, and my jaw hits the floor. My jaw hits the floor because in 2019, I was working a shift one day that I will never forget, and I was making a drink called our Flash Brew, and it is now something that we do commercial. Like we we commercially we commercially brew. Gosh, why can I not talk commercially brew? Um, flash. That's brew. a tough so one. Commercially brew. <laughs> yeah gosh dang it tj no <laughs> um so so it's like it's it's a it's a pour over on ice and it's a very, very it's the best like if people say like if you're a coffee snob they'll say the the best hot coffee is a pour over because it's right it's just the simplicity of of that um it's I've driven best. like
0: 20 minutes out of our way on tour before, just because I knew like there's this one spot in, in Nashville where I was like the poor over there. And like, then we'd come back through on vacation. My wife's like, literally we're going 20 minutes out of the way. It's like, yes, for like a $7 cup of coffee.
2: <laughs> you, you damn right. We are because it's worth <laughs> it. It's my happiness in a cup. Damn it. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so a flash crew is that, but cold. So, so we ratio out, things differently to where when you're pouring that hot water over the beans it's landing on cold water at the bottom of the dripper and it's creating this chemical process that we call flashing and so it's it's not allowing the 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 hot water to get to stay hot it, it immediately makes it cold because it's landing on ice and so it creates this chemical reaction because of the temperature change to have a different note and taste and and honestly, just better, better pro like quality of, of like what you get from your coffee. And so it, it leaves it being less acidic and less, less, um, um, has less, less acidity and less bitterness. And so mm. it's really smooth and it honestly kind of looks like tea. Um, but it's just super smooth, has a pretty great cough, caffeination rate. Um, and it's just like delicious and so i was making one of these for myself in 2019 and this dan guy comes in he comes in he's like what is that And i'm like oh it's this and he's like cool and he's like can i have one i was like it's not on our menu but if you just slide over here to the bar i'll like step aside and make one for you and he's like cool so he sits at the bar we have this time blah 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 blah. a year later this guy goes and our new owner dan trot and dan comes walking down it's that guy
0: that's crazy <laughs>
2: And so that guy comes up, talks and says, I'm the new owner, blah, 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 blah. Here's the values. Here's everything we're about. And I was like digging it. And then we got done and I walk up to him and he's like, he just shook his head and he had a mask on and he was just like, man, am I happy to see you. That's awesome. And And I was like, for real? And he was like, he's like, yes, man. He's like, you were the, your experience. I I will never forget it. And he's like, I shared it with my investors the next day and we closed on the phone. And I was like, (laughs) and so so, that's amazing. Like people drink,
0: (laughs) he's drinking coffee like every day, but he remembered that pour over at that location. That's, that's pretty awesome.
2: And so, and so where I'm patting my back myself on the back for is while I was working with the company. And as this opportunity came about, I was, the rent was negotiating really, really well. And I was like, yeah, this is probably going to happen. Holy crap. And so I sent an email off to Fairwave and I said, and it was to all of their executives who I had now like, I mean, this was like the ber- merger was July of 2020. And so this was March, April timeline of 2021. Mm-hmm. And so we were, we had immediately become really close in that timeline. And then also I'm working with black drip between that timeline mm-hmm. and black drip has been blowing up. And so black drip is attached to messenger and Fairwave. And so there's, we've been having meetings, they're, they're getting to know me well. And so, um, and so I, like, it was all going really well. And then I was like, Hey guys, I'm actually going to go start another coffee shop And, and I sent them in the email, just like, I have three rules. Like, number one, I will not talk. And I think this is important because it's just as like, you should always respect your authorities, even an employer employee, like, even if you're, it's your employer and you don't like them, not that this was the case, but it's equally important to show respect. But like, number one, it was like, I won't talk about this opportunity while I'm on shift. Number two, I will not poach any of your employees. And number three, I just want to thank you for all of the like time that you guys spent with me and teaching me and training me everything that I know. Mm -hmm. And I just I I have a ton, I, I just wish nothing but the best for you guys. And like they they responded back and they're like, what's the location or the area you're looking to go in? And I was like, uh, KCK. And they were like, we just did a survey in KCK um, and we were like thinking about expanding. You mind telling us what address you're looking at? And I like sent them the address and they were like, that was the number one spot we were going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like the prior business just went under and we've heard about it. And I was like, yeah, wow. that's the space like we're locking in on. And they were like, wow. And so it was just like kind of crazy where it's like all of this kind of happened. And then Dan, like he sends an email and he's like, Hey, he's one of our own. So like whatever he needs help with, like, do not hesitate to ask TJ and please let us know what we can do to make this happen for you. So it's been like a mad respect. And so they've been super influential with our machine equipment, installation, even some like tables and chairs and obviously coffee, you know, they've got a great tasting coffee, uh, yeah, so that doesn't ha- hurt. So, you know, we, we've became, you know, we've become really great friends of theirs along with like, you know, our friends are oddly correct. And mm-hmm. I love what equally minded does too with their ca- uh, community base. And, and they're also black owned coffee shop as well. And, and so there's, there's a lot, but I mean, honestly, like what, what, what I appreciate most about it and what we kind of talked about, uh, I think the last time we had talked was just like, now that you're at the table, it's like, what does equality really look like? And mm-hmm. I and I personally feel like, you know, that company has done a, a great deal uh, of work for for kinships behalf just to have the seat at the table, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what equality, the best way equality should look like, is is not just like getting people uh, their access to the table, but but making sure like you've got you you're giving some of them food too, you know. You're giving them right. Uh, a play in, and, sec- you know, if you, you want seconds, like you're not going to get seconds until everyone, I, you know, kind of thing. So.
0: No, that's cool, man. That's, that's a powerful story, dude. I, I love that. I love to, to see how you were able to shift in, in all of that intensity uh, that you've been going through. One thing I've been reflecting on recently, and it sounds like it sounds like it's something that a journey you've been on is that I think real success comes through self-development. Um, and it sounds like you've been going through, like you, you had mentioned like a fine tooth comb for yourself. Like you're constantly trying to assess and go through, uh, like your own self-development. Uh, what are some, what are some tools you're using right now in the midst of all the insanity that is life? Uh, what are some tools you're using right now to make sure you're, you're growing yourself, internally uh, so that overflows to other people
2: oh oh that's I'll keep it short um so like for for me like it's kind of been a unique year with music um but I think like music has been something that has carried me a long way not not in a not in like a like professional endeavor of any sort because that's not gonna happen but but more of like more of just like therapeutic. And I yeah. think that, that element, and then just like having the the ability to kind of get away from all of it is also like that. It, it, it's a place I like to go to. Um, and then I think the other aspect for me in, in a large tool, which I think is, you know, it can have its crutch is, is um, you know, I, I really enjoy like trying to be outside um, and and enjoying like um just like natural ha- habitat, you know, taking my dogs for walks. I, I'm working a lot and so I'm doing a lot. And so uh I feel like sometimes you're in this in this capacity, I'm serving a lot. And mm-hmm. so there's aspects where I could feel like where I'm not feeling served or I'm not feeling like nurtured, or you know, all of those things when you're you're constantly serving other people's needs. And so like one of those things is like I, I kind of get a lot of that serving back where people serve me, probably more so for my animals, uh, <laughs> just because just because like they're they're easy to serve and then they're equally like reciprocating that love back. And so for right. me, like spending spending time with my dogs is, is really fun. Um, and then I would say, like, I reflect a lot. I mean, that's probably. if If I have the downtime it's it's spent reflecting and and journaling in my phone um there's times where um this kind of sounds weird but there's times when I'm driving and I put no music on and I honestly like literally will hit record on my voice memo and I will just talk and I will just like talk about what I need to talk about talk about what I don't need to talk about like it's just where it's just wherever I'm gonna be at. That's where I'm at. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I'll read. Sometimes I'll listen back to those things. If it was something I felt like, oh, I I need to definitely re listen to that and and go through that again, or or get that deal with that, focus on that. Um. So right. there's like some of that when I'm in the car, um, or it's music. That sounds like a really good and,
0: practice. I like and that. like
2: belting like you know just belting the car uh but then then like you know a lot of times at the end of the night for me most nights it's i i probably spend a good half hour to an hour just uh whether it's preparation or reflecting call it what you want mm-hmm. but i i'm i'm in that space mentally um and usually that is with a joint and so that is that is something that like is that a ability for me to ca- kind of like I have ADHD, like a mofo, and so, <laughs> so for me, like that helps me focus. Honestly, right. as crazy as that sounds, um, it's a. funny. My guest,
0: the guest that dropped uh, right before you, episode seventy nine, uh, he's a veteran and an entrepreneur, and his big thing is uh, launching uh, basically uh, businesses for for veterans to find healing through cannabis. And he talked about how Mm. cannabis essentially allowed him the, the mental space to finally reflect and to finally be almost like centered. I told him it sounded similar to a lot of friends I know who take a journey through like deep meditation, uh, was what he was getting out of, of using cannabis the way he does. And that's why he's so passionate about it now. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely not a, a crazy thing. It seems like, yeah, the it's like one of, up more and more to that idea in that context.
2: I think with my parents being PKs, it would be like it. I mean, I, I'm, I remember telling my dad when I, when I started smoking marijuana and it was well into my twenties that I actually started even dabbling or it was my, right. my first opportunity towards it. But I think for me, like the more and more that I got to, 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 experience and try to try to figure out what what was happening as it was happening was I then later to realize like oh man like I'm actually spending more time thinking about these issues that honestly either a are continuing to happen and I don't like them to happen and I'm I'm, I'm now finally in a place where I can think about that and right. find a solution or be like I'm actually not seeing the problem for what it is and Mm. this is allowing me to go a whole thousand feet higher to see the the problem for what yeah and I think that that has been uh it's also like helped me unearth a lot of foundational um I I, I mean they're they're not lies but they were lies like like Santa like Santa's real like that kind of lie like it's a lie (laughs) that is a, like gonna help you, and and you start unearthing or you start challenging some of those things that you were tr- taught as a kid, not mm. from your parents but from everyone, and then you from, start realizing culture like, at large, right? Yeah, and and I think the more you ask that question, that everyone's the, the topic that everyone's you know discussing or going through,
0: mm. if
2: you're asking the right questions, like you know you're starting to get to the root of that problem. And, and most of the times like people are talking around the problem and it's like, no, but the real root of the problem, like, you like, you know, and, and it's like, okay, well, they're not, they're not at my, they're not at my frequency. They're not at my elevation. Like they're not seeing the truth that I'm seeing about this situation. Eventually like they'll either have to learn it the hard way. Like the rest of the world is going to have to figure out to do, or they're going to see it for what it really is. Um, So, yeah, it's like like one of my friends, he told me like, you know, traditional thought. I have a hard time with my wife making more money than me. And I go, Mm -hmm. why is that? And, you know, he tries going into the Bible and into the doctrine. And I'm like, bro, can I shut all that real quick? (laughs) And just and just (laughs) you're not not, layers. That's not the that's not the answer. And he goes in to tell me, yeah, as a kid, my mom was habitually cheating on my father because she made a lot of money I would assume and I said okay so uh, that's the problem and right. is that going to become you and your wife's problem and is it really just a question of what is your relationship to money like because if your mm. relationship to money is that way then maybe yeah like you do need to have this discussion with your wife but not for what you think you need to be having it for you know what I mean like right. And, and like they were about to have a baby. So I'm like, if you're if you have a baby girl, are you going to tell her she can't make more than her man and she, she can't start a business <laughs> or do all these? Are you going to cut her at the knees and, you know, all that? And so you just start putting people into that perspective where they're like, damn, like
1: mm-hmm.
2: I sound and this doesn't make why would I, you know, all those questions. You're yeah. like, oh, you tell me that's what you're, you're telling me. Like, you can't make less than your wife. And and it, stem, and it stems all from that one thing, and it expands to everything in his life. Absolutely, right?
0: Well, and that's so, what's interesting when you hit those foundational things, you find out all the stems. You know, all the things growing off of that one foundational thing. And yeah. I, I I love I love what you're talking about. It's like just digging down. And, and the, you keep asking, thing- what's what's more, what's what's further behind that? What's further behind that?
2: Well, and the thing that sucks, Miguel, is this guy's 30 some years old and who mm. knows for how long, maybe oh, yeah. let's just guess 15 years. He's been telling other, other men oh yeah. for that matter, or, or as a, as there's a so many things that I perpetuated kids, kids where like, now I look back people and you're like, right.
0: Oh. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. There's things I think, you know, where I look back, I perpetuated different ideas and different stuff that I don't. Even agree with or believe in now, and I'm just like that's so wild. But I didn't take the time to really ask the the harder questions, you know. So that's huge, man. Well, dude, I uh, I know you're probably yeah. you've, you've already had a long day. I know you got to get some rest, and I got to bounce off. But dude, thanks for, for sure, thanks bro. again for being on here for the listener. Make sure you go check out episode twenty, 20 or episode twenty two is as tj's first time on the podcast he shares just an incredible story of honestly even thinking about those things you shared you seem to have this thing where you get in environments where people don't believe in you and you prove them wrong and that's where you said you were gonna be in d1 ball and then went an opposite direction got pushed out of it and then found your way into d1 ball with like yeah, with everything set against you. With and Coach Schneider. I mean, with co- Coach the, like, like real real ball, you know? <laughs> real ball. <laughs> real ball. But it, yeah. So definitely go check out that story. And it's yes. been cool just to hear. I, I think one thing that's interesting about your story, and maybe down the road, once you get further into it, we could talk about it more. But um, it seems like there's sometimes people, people don't grab a hold of their dream until they're like kicked out, you know, like kicked out of the nest to do it. And I wonder if sometimes maybe there's a listener out there who's just waiting for the right moment. And it's like, it might be easier if you choose the moment, right? (laughs) Luckily for you, you were a, you already had the ball rolling, you know, for kinship cafe, I think it just propelled you a lot quicker, but, but yeah, having that perspective, what does it look like to really make it happen? And just, there is no other options. There's no plan B. Fucking there's no plan
2: B and I, and I think it. you just got to do it. Like you just said, fucking do it. But I think the other thing is that where where you get pitfalled and where you get stuck on is like, I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the things. And I just continue to say like, Elon Musk did not make that rocket himself. right? Like, you know what I mean? Like Like Steve Jobs did not make Apple to what it is today by himself. Like there's <clears throat> so many other, influential, incredibly influential people that are part of those businesses I mentioned that make those businesses function the way that they function. It started with an idea and someone someone just said, hey, can you help? Hey, can you do? Hey, I've got this. Can you make this? They just made those other two pieces connect. And and they're the CEO, you know, that's that's the person that's getting the credit just because it was their initial organized thinker
0: of the group. He was able to organize it all together, you know?
2: Yeah. So, so so they didn't have all the answers and you just got to push through. Like you just got to fucking do it. (laughs) Oh yeah, man.
0: Well, do you get some rest and uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for, uh, making the time again.
2: Yes, bro. Likewise. Always for you, man. It's good to see
0: you, bro. Thank you for listening to the live and create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The
1: live and create podcast.